It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, you know, hey, Noah, we got a serious show coming today, man. And uh, we're going to talk about... Um, vaccines, variants, and masks as we relate to the uh, COVID-19. Uh, and so, uh, Sounds you know, like we got a lot of information. We got a lot of information to put out because, uh, you know, there's a uh, constant uh, changes every day. So uh, <laughs> we got to educate the public. We, had, we must educate the world. And uh, we just got to do this. So uh, I'm excited about the, sh- about the show today. And I, I-, I tell you, uh, we we got a, a one of the industry experts that's going to explain to us about all the updates and all the things that are going on, and we uh, and help us uh, educate the public that this is something that we need to take seriously, and we need to focus on making sure that um, we do everything we can to uh, get back to some type of normalization. So uh, today. Um, I got my my uh two uh uh contributors and co-hosts uh, uh who's we got uh my co-host today is Chuck Trenoni, you know, that's my buddy, my friend that's that's always there. How you doing, Chuck? Doing really good, JC. Nice seeing you. It's a pleasure to be here again tonight. Thank you. And the co-contributor, you know, is uh, uh, Michelle Cooley. How you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing ten out of ten, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we got we we got the fabulous uh, Doctor Brady Allen here. How you doing, sir? Hi, James. I'm doing great tonight. Thanks. I'm glad to have you back. I mean, uh, Doctor Allen, we had you on the show uh, 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 a few weeks ago. And uh, and so I'm, I'm glad to have you back so we can uh, go ahead on and educate the public again. But uh, I'm going to tell you, um, I had a conversation uh, today with a buddy of mine that was in the military. I mean, I served. I mean, actually, I I knew her ever since uh, uh, she came in. She was a naval officer, uh, full commander. And um, I'll tell you, we met at uh, three, four different stations. Then then she became my boss. I mean, uh, so I was her AOIC, kind of like what we call the XO, the second in charge, uh, over in Hawaii. And I, Bernie, uh, her name is Bernadette Simple, Commander Bernadette Simple. I hope you, uh, uh, are watching the show, listening to the show. And I just want to say that, um, I had such a, a wonderful time chatting with you today. And, um, and I'm looking forward to, we got to continue to communicate with, with everybody because we know we don't know what the situation or circumstances are. And so we have to look out for each other. So, uh, Chuck, what have you been doing today? Uh, well, you know, like all of you, knowing that Dr. Um, Allen was going to return tonight and what we were going to be talking, just paying attention. And um, as all of us were chatting before we came on live tonight, you know, talking about the various uh, sound bites that's coming out of the news about the different variants and um, some uh, a, a third vaccine coming out and just listening and learning and um, becoming more informed because it seems like we're learning something more every day, you know? Absolutely. What about you, Michelle? Um, I really just um, started off the day doing my, uh, I think, a four-mile walk, getting my exercise in, then getting back into the house and doing my 20-minute ab work. So getting healthy, starting the morning off right, then eating my oatmeal and going to work. 20-minute ab work, you yes. know, I mean, <laughs> that's that's something that's just a thought uh, for me right now because uh, – you know, I, I, I haven't uh, done that in a while, you know, so uh, uh, but I need to get back to it, you know. So uh, um, first of all, 
Um, Michelle, can you tell our listening audience what the purpose of the show today is? Yes, the purpose of the show today is to provide the latest updates on COVID-19, um, discuss the two most recent COVID variances, the importance of getting vaccinated, and providing the latest CDC guidelines. And uh, our listening audience, I want you to know that uh, uh, I want you to call in and, and become part of the conversation and the call in number is one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That again that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. This is so serious. If any questions or any concerns or anything that you might have you 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 want to call in tonight because we 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 all are in this together. So uh, before we get started I, I want to tell everybody what my thoughts are. Um, it seems like every day we get additional news on changes as it relates to COVID-19. Today, it was announced two additional variances have been identified in New York and in California. I believe we will continue to see many more changes over the next few weeks and months. Therefore, I believe it is extremely important that each of us received the vaccine. Yes, I did say receive the vaccine. This is one of the ways, one of the ways that we can stop this vicious pandemic and return to some type of normalcy. Uh, and so um, might not be the same as, as it is. It's going to take some time, but uh, we can all come together and to help combat this. So today, just like I mentioned, we got one of the industry expert Dr. Brady Allen, that will provide the latest updates and changes as it relates to COVID-19. You know, so, uh, Michelle, can you uh, introduce our first guest? Yes, Dr. Brady L. Allen. Dr. Brady Allen retired from the practice in November of 2018. He was a pioneer of HIV medicine in the early 80s, setting the high standards that we still adhere to this very day. Dr. Allen is a nationally recognized expert in the field and has been awarded numerous honors by many of the AIDS service organizations, including a Lifetime Achievement Award presented to him by Dr. Jocelyn Elders in 2007. His contributions to the health and well-being of the LGBTQ community are unsurpassed in the DFW Metroplex, and his example and passion for his work will always be remembered and treasured by all the clinicians at Uptown Physicians Group. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Dr. Brady L. Allen. Dr. Allen, welcome to the show. How are you doing, sir? Thank you, James. Thank you, Michelle, for that introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, doc, Dr. Allen, uh, please tell uh, our listening audience a little bit about yourself and your background. Okay, well, I grew up in southeast Texas, the uh, Beaumont, Port Arthur area. Uh, went to Catholic uh, grade school and high school. Uh, kind of always knew I wanted to be a doctor since the age of eight for some reason. I was from a blue, very blue collar family with no professional role model. But uh, I loved old people. I uh, liked caring for people. I was smart. Um, so I, I went to the University of Texas, went to medical school at Southwestern there, right there in Dallas, and then I did my internship and residency at Yale and entered the private practice in internal medicine in the Dallas Fort Worth area in 1982. You know, I, I understand that uh, you were highly involved in the HIV, HIV pandemic uh, from the very beginning. What lessons and parallels did you learn from that pandemic that might apply uh, to the current uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Well, James, there were a lot. I mean, uh, HIV uh, technology um, was developed over a span, believe it or not, of 30 or 40 years. And a lot of the vaccine platforms that, that our current uh, COVID vaccines are built on, um, adenovirus, RNA, DNA technology, were developed through the vaccine initiative dealing with the AIDS pandemic. A lot of uh, viral sequencing where we know the variants that we're talking about, HIV has thousands of variants uh, it's even mutates more so than covid so we learned how to sequence these variants through uh, the pandemic of hiv 
So the science uh, that happened over 20 or 30 years has led us to the development rapidly of the vaccines we have today and, and some of the testing that we're doing and some of the sequencing of these variants. So there were a lot of lessons to be learned. In addition, uh, physicians were used to dealing with death and dying and in the AIDS pandemic and then have been able to translate some of their expertise in how you take care of yourself as a physician when you're dealing with such a, 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 a sad pandemic. Hmm. Well, you know, that's very interesting. I, it's good. I'm glad we can learn from that. Uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, you know, how has the United States become so severely impacted? What is it like about 28.5 uh, million cases now and 507,000 deaths compared with some of the industri- other, other industrialized nations? Well, you know, it's a very complex. Uh, China, China didn't tell us about uh, the virus uh, for a month or two and then our pandemic response team was disbanded by our, uh, the previous administration. Some of our scientists in China from the CDC had been let go a couple of, back in 2017. Our protective, personal protective equipment was not well stocked. Our leadership in the pandemic, uh, you know, the president kept saying it was always it was going to go away. It was only going to be with us for a short period of time. Um, the CDC developed a blood test that was not accurate initially. So we got a month or two behind and then we kept, uh, uh, it became a containment issue rather than a mitigation issue. I mean, a mitigation issue rather than a containment issue. So the virus, the cat was out of the bag. By the time we realized what was happening, there were tens of thousands of cases in the U.S. And just a, a conglomeration of things over the last nine months has uh, led to, uh, you know, um, 500,000 deaths and 28 million cases. It's really tragic. Wow. You know, uh, that's, uh, uh, I think the world needs to understand that a little bit more. But you know what? We're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with Dr. Brady Allen. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on Smart Speakers and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And um, again, uh, uh, if you want to call in, uh, the number is one 888 344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Uh, doc, Dr. Allen, can you describe the common symptoms of COVID-19? Well, you know, most uh, most COVID-19 cases are asymptomatic, meaning they have no symptoms, 50% of them or so. So you feel fine, but you're still infectious and can transmit the virus to others. 
Uh, the symptomatic cases that are you have mild, moderate, and severe, they vary from mostly fever, chills, flu-like symptoms, dry cough, some shortness of breath. And the shortness of breath can progress to respiratory failure and pneumonia requiring a ventilatory ventilatory support you can also it causes an inflammatory reaction with some blood clotting heart disease it can almost affect every organ of the body um, once you recover from that after a couple of weeks if you're lucky enough to recover um, some people about 30% is now reported getting some long-term symptoms called the long haulers which is somewhat bothersome where you end up having chronic fatigue or severe brain fog or other symptoms that seem to persist for months and we still don't really know what to do with that. So it's not a disease you want to catch. Uh, you don't want to give it to anyone if you're asymptomatic and you certainly don't want to get sick with it. What uh, therapies have proven to be affected in treating COVID-19? Well, there are really only two therapies. Uh, remdesivir is an antiviral that you get for five days in the hospital, and steroids, uh, uh, dexamethasone, a drug that's been around for a long time. Hydroxychloroquine, which doctor, which um, several people promoted early on, never worked. Vitamins don't work. Uh, some work with vitamin D going on. Uh, there are... For, early disease before you have severe symptoms there are such things that there's an emergency use authorization for monoclonal antibodies and you, but they require an infusion over an hour so you have to go to somewhere to, to get the monoclonal antibodies but if you're in a high-risk group and you have early symptoms such as fever but you don't need the hospitalization that is something I would encourage people over the age of 65 for example that have diabetes if they can get to the emergency room or an infusion clinic and get these monoclonal antibodies early, it may prevent them from progressing and getting sick and having to go to the hospital. So those are the therapies. We desperately need new therapies and new antivirals directed specifically against this particular coronavirus. Wow. I think we, we got a call in uh, on the phone. Bernadette from New York. How you doing? Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Doing just fine. I hope you uh, are enjoying the show. And uh, I am. I am very much so. <laughs> you got a question mm -hmm. for Dr. Brady? I do. Um, in terms of the vaccinations, can you explain this? Was it mRNA and DNA? And what's the difference between the Moderna and Pfizer as opposed to what Johnson & Johnson is coming out? Well, that's a good question. So there, there are three, two approved vaccines in the United States, Moderna and Pfizer. They're both messenger and RNA vaccines. And what they are is a piece of genetic material uh, that is in a, a lipid nanoparticle that's um, in, injected into your body. And it's, it's taken up by your immune system cells. And they make a copy of the spike protein that sits on, on your immune cells now. And then the, your body makes antibodies. Uh, to that spike protein so that they are prepared if the real coronavirus comes in to bind to that spike protein and prevent the coronavirus from attaching to the receptor to get into your body. So that's how wow. vaccines, mRNA, that's how all these vaccines prevent infection. The Johnson & Johnson vaccine uses a different vector, not an mRNA. They use an adenovirus, which is a cold virus that they stick in uh, the uh, spike protein and deliver that spike protein with this adenoviral vector into your immune system cells. And so it's a, just a different mechanism of getting uh, the information into the cells that now uh, that spike protein migrates to the surface of the cell and then your body generates antibodies to it. So these are different viral platforms. Uh, messenger RNA is a new viral platform. It's never been approved before, so it's been very exciting and very effective and very safe, much more so than we even thought was possible. So that was exciting, and over 68 million people vaccinated in the United States, and no deaths, uh, some mild allergic reactions, some severe allergic reactions treated with uh, epinephrine or whatever you treat allergic mm -hmm. reactions with. But in general, they've been. It's been a very positive experience, and the the efficacy is in the ninety five percent range. The J and J vaccine, the adenovirus vaccine, is about eighty five percent effective uh, for prevention of severe disease. So, some of these vaccines prevent infection. The other vaccines prevent disease. So, uh, I 
think most of us would be okay if coronavirus called a mild, caused a mild cold or a mild flu as long as we didn't go to the hospital or have to be put on the ventilator. Uh, so it, it may not protect you from getting the infection, but it certainly protects you from dying. Wow. So what if what if you um you take that and you already have antibodies? Does it increase it? I mean, how does that work if you already have antibodies? Like, for instance, I have the antibodies, but I don't know when I had it. Yeah, so if you if you have antibodies to coronavirus, even though you didn't know you had it, the vaccine will probably boost those antibodies. You may only need one dose. That's being looked at. But it certainly does uh, boost your antibody production, even if you had coronavirus. And it doesn't, your reaction to the vaccine is not any different whether you've had coronavirus or not. But I would encourage anyone who's had coronavirus to go ahead and get vaccinated. And you can afford to wait for a few months because you're probably protected from reinfection anyway by your own immune system. So you may not be first in line to get the vaccine, but I would get it, at least one dose and probably two if you're taking the messenger RNA vaccine. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that information. That's really new. Uh, You know, as far as you were talking about the um, safety and efficacy of the vaccines, uh, what's the wait time after you receive the current approved vaccines before a person's considered immune, let's just say we know two and now we're coming out with a third one. Do you, can you talk about that? Yeah, it's a really good question, Chuck. Um, you know, uh, it looks like even one dose of the Johnson Johnson, it's only one, one dose. It, all three of these vaccines probably give you some degree of protection after the first shot maybe 50% protection. The booster dose of the Moderna and Pfizer vaccine get your protection level up to 95% about two weeks after the second dose. So I consider you fully immunized two weeks afterwards. So I think uh, that's probably the time. The Johnson Johnson vaccine, probably, you know, a month after you take it, it's you're probably protected. The one that's going to be coming out here in the U.S., shortly. Uh, it's one shot uh, where the other two are two shots. So I would wait until the second shot. Um, if your second shot's delayed a little bit, uh, that's not a tragedy. You can you can be off a week or two or three and still go ahead and take that second shot. Uh, but, but do try to complete the vaccine series. The side effects are minimal. You know, fever, chills, body aches, headache are pretty common. Sometimes people report that their second shot, their side effects are more severe. You can imagine the first shot sort of primed your immune system to get angry. And when you get the second shot, it just revs up pretty quickly. And, and you might get more severe side effects from the second vaccine. But they last for 24, 48 hours and generally resolve very quickly. So just be prepared. Um, that you're going to not maybe not feel well. I had two shots. I didn't. Ha- I had a sore arm at the second shot. The first shot didn't give me any side effects at all. So, uh, and a few severe allergic reactions that have occurred. You wait 15 to 30 minutes um, after you get the shot at the clinic, and if you have a severe allergic reaction, they give you an EpiPen and a Benadryl, and it usually goes away pretty quickly. So the safety issues have been really amazing. And there were some reports of facial paralysis, you know, Bell's palsy and some of the clinical trials, but that has not panned out as a significant signal. There's been no Guillain-Barre syndrome like we saw with swine flu vaccine. So a lot of the fears of the uh, the people that are scared of vaccines, if you have a severe allergies, that doesn't mean you're going to have a severe allergic reaction. Just because you're allergic to pollen or food or peanuts does not mean you are at increased risk of having a severe allergic reaction to the coronavirus vaccines, any of them. So those are some myths that I'd like to dispel, um, you know, about vaccines. There are 68 million people in the U.S. have now taken these and we have not seen a death. We've we've seen efficacy. We've seen, you know, moderate side effects that are reasonably managed with Tylenol or aspirin. And that's better than getting infected and dying from the coronavirus. So as as Mr. Cooley has said, we all need to get vaccinated. Uh, don't wait. Uh, the vaccines are not going to get any better. We've been amazed at, at how effective these vaccines have been. Very, very, very pleased and surprised on the efficacy and the safety. So if you're waiting around, please don't. Or talk to your providers. Talk to your community. Find out 
what are the problems? Why do you feel so insecure about taking the vaccine? And work with people so that we can help dispel your doubts and your myths, because I don't want you to sit around and die while you're and while you're waiting on an effective vaccine that could save your life. Um, so I, I'm just going to make that point over and over tonight. That that is uh, very good information. You know what? Uh, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Dr. Brady Allen. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'll tell you again, if you want to call in and ask the great doctor questions or anything that's dealing with uh, our topic tonight, the number is one 1170 Again, that's one 1170 Well, Dr. Allen, you were talking about you responding. Once you've recovered from COVID-19, can you catch it again? Yes, uh, there have been two uh, dozen described cases of reinfection with COVID-19 that have been proven. It's rare, though, and most people are protected from their first infection. But some of these new variants which we'll talk about and may cause reinfection. Uh, sometimes the reinfection, we don't know how um, sick you will get with reinfection and how much you can transmit that infection to others. That's still being studied. But, yes, reinfection is possible but rare. And if you have it and if you've gotten it, can you transmit it to others again? I mean, after, if you, let's say once you've got it and then can, can you transmit it to others even let's just say if you got the vaccine and then you got it and can you transfer it to others? I don't know. Can you do anything? Oh, well, so, yeah, so that's, that's being looked at. So that, that's really important right now. If you've been vaccinated, let's say you get infected, but you, as you know, you won't get sick if you get vaccinated, but you might get infected and have a mild case or asymptomatic. Can you transmit that? And the answer is we're not sure because your viral load may be much lower. You have a milder case. Maybe you're not coughing or sneezing out as much virus. But this is why the CDC is encouraging for the moment us to continue to wear masks who have gotten the vaccine just in case you did become infected, an asymptomatic infection or a mild infection, so that you might not potentially transmit it until we have more data. But I suspect the CDC will soon be coming out with recommendations about maybe relaxing some of these guidelines for masking for people that, that are fully vaccinated. We'll see how that transpires over the next few weeks. Hey, doc, Dr. Brady, uh, um, as of today, at least on the news, um, there are two additional uh, variants of COVID-19. Why are we starting to uh, see this stuff show up? Well, it's a great question, James. Uh, coronavirus, like HIV and influenza, are RNA viruses. So RNA viruses make a lot of mistakes when they're trying to make copies of themselves. They're very, uh, the, the RNA polymerase, the enzyme that is 
responsible for making a copy of the virus makes a lot of mistakes. And they're random mistakes, but sometimes they hit like the jackpot. And all of a sudden that mistake becomes important clinically where that makes the virus more what we call more fit, i.e. more likely to infect a person, more likely to make them more ill. So some of these variants have a survival advantage. Viruses want to survive. So if they're more infectious to the population, that's a variant that's going to persist. So a lot of these are chance mutations, but then they turn into increased viral fitness where they might outsmart the vaccines. That hasn't happened yet, fortunately. But there are some variants from South Africa and this new Cal- this new New York variant that was reported on today may may have a little bit less uh uh, may, maybe uh, the vaccines won't work quite as well. It looks like they will. But these viruses, if we continue to let them mutate in lots of pay- people, and that's why we all need to get vaccinated so we can stop this transmission of viruses to each other. Because if you have a high community spread and a lot of viral replication making all these mistakes day in and day out, it's going to hit the jackpot. And one of these days, we might get a variant that could be resistant to our vaccines. And that's why Moderna and Pfizer and all these companies are trying to update their vaccines so that we can overcome these variants. If the vaccines don't work, our current batch of vaccines will have a new set, much like you would take a flu shot every year. We might have a different coronavirus every year that we're going to have to take a flu shot for. Our immune systems may only last Our immunity from the vaccine may only last six to nine months, maybe a year. Maybe we'll have to take a booster shot of the same vaccine. We don't know any of this yet. It looks like the vaccines are going to work for a while, as well as the infection that you had. If you had coronavirus, you're going to be protected for six or nine months. But after that, we're just not sure. So the technology, though, is going to be able to keep up with this. And I think we'll be able to modify these vaccines and try to keep up with it, much like we do with the flu every year. How do we address one third of America who are hesitant or refuse to take the vaccine? Educate, educate, educate. I don't know. (laughs) You know, as a doctor, I try to sit down with people that don't don't follow my recommendations and try to really, number one, don't shame them. Uh, you know, don't make them feel less than because, oh, they're an anti-vaxxer or they have their own opinions, which differ from yours. You know, paternalism is, in medicine is almost like a malignancy to me. So I try to form a partnership and develop a trust with patients and then sort of address their concerns. And it may take weeks or months to do that. Uh, with any disease process or any vaccine, but I can just keep trying. You know, we all can only do our part. I think community leaders in the uh, in the uh, minority communities need to get out like yourself and talk about the benefits of vaccination. I know there's a lot of distrust of the medical community in the black community because of previous uh, experiments that were done in the 50s and 60s that, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, lack of health insurance in these communities, a lot of distrust of American medicine. So we uh, we need to keep working on all these, address some of these injustices in the community that will help restore some of the trust. We do have a lot of African-American scientists that have been involved in vaccine development and sit on the FDA advisory board. So we also need to get these communities involved in the science so that they trust the science, right? So there are a lot of things we can do. We need to get more participants in the minority communities in vaccine trials. If you had 30% black and Hispanics in the coronavirus vaccine trials, don't you think that would make a difference in trusting uh, that these trials are accurate for the community you represent? So those are the kinds of issues that I think we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. You know, um, as you were talking, I was thinking that you're hearing now we have Johnson and Johnson's coming out, the third vaccine. And I've heard among some people, they're saying, well, if they're coming out with newer vaccines, maybe I'm just going to wait until they come out with a newer or a better one that has everything and take it later. Is that a good thinking? No, I don't think we're going to have any better vaccines than the ones that are here. You know, we tested these vaccines 
in large randomized placebo-controlled trials with a lot of safety and efficacy data with tremendous results. And now 68 million people have been vaccinated in the United States on top of the clinical trials. And I already reviewed the safety data with you and how little side effects there are other than what's expected. So I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't think there's going to be a magic vaccine out there that has absolutely no side effects. That's 100 percent effective. If you're waiting for that, that's never going to happen. So I would say talk to more people, your friends, your community, your church, your doctor, your healthcare provider, your significant others, whatever, so that you can start, you know, helping educate yourself about what are you waiting on? I'm just not sure I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, does it does it um, matter the fact or pose any problems to the U.S. and what have you that we're aiming to vaccinate a, a critical majority and yet um, it's still taking time and some people may be getting impatient. Um, how, how, do, how do we respond to that? Well, you know, about a third of the American population really is reluctant to take the vaccine. If we want to achieve what's called herd immunity through vaccination, we need to vaccinate 75 to 80 percent of the population needs to be vaccinated and or have had coronavirus infection to get what's called herd immunity. Whereas if I walk up next to you, I'm not likely to transmit it because you're likely to be immune. So it breaks the, the transmission cycle of coronavirus. So. We've got a lot of work to do, not only in the minority communities, but other communities to say, what is the reluctance to get vaccinated? What can we do about it? How can we fix it? What more can we do? And I think leadership comes from the top, a national program uh, from uh, the, the president and the uh, director of health and human services and uh, Tony Fauci and others that are consistent in their messages so that we redevelop trust in science again so that the American public can really believe what we're telling them. We're not, it's not a hoax. It's not a lie. We're not making money off the vaccines. I'm not. And the doctors, the scientists are not doing that. I mean, the things you think about that people have in their minds, they just need to just some more education and they need to get away from QAnon and conspiracy theories and anti-vaxxers. There's no link between autism and vaccines. That's never been proven. You know, there's just not, you know, what, whatever people have, have thought about vaccines, they, they've saved so many millions of lives and yet with, with very few detrimental effects. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, speaking to the choir here but i do think we and i and again i'm not going to shame someone just because they don't want to get it i want to figure out why they don't want it and what can we do about it to change their minds well uh will you discuss the most recent data on prevention of COVID 19 especially the focus on recent new data on masks and what works best yeah that, that's an interesting um that's an interesting topic james i think that you know, we all know we need to keep six feet apart of our large indoor gatherings, especially with people we don't know really well, wash our hands frequently, disinfect some of the surfaces. But I think mask wearing is the most important. And we've never had a consistent message from the previous administration, but now we're getting consistent messages about mask mandates and public transportation. Now you must have them on buses, trains, planes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think that's important. There are some 12 states that have mask mandates. Others don't. Uh, I personally think that's a good idea. We don't need to be relaxing our masking guidelines because people are getting vaccinated yet until we get more information from the CDC. So there are differences in masks. You know, if we had an unlimited supply of N95 respirator masks for the American public, then everyone should be wearing one. Those are the ones that healthcare workers wear around infected patients. They are they tightly fit the face. They have the right uh, kind of material and, and headband. So they are they are and you can get them now. Some N95 respirator masks are counterfeit, so be careful out in the public. They're hard to come by. Now, if you're going to wear a regular mask, I think wearing a regular surgical mask that you can pick up anywhere and then fit over the cloth mask. Double masking has become quite popular and some new evidence from the CDC and elsewhere that maybe wearing a cloth mask over a surgical mask might be beneficial. If you're going to wear a cloth mask, make sure it has three layers. Maybe use different material like 
polyester and cotton. Uh, and make sure that it fits tightly around your face. There's a YouTube video on how you can tie um, knots in the ear, ear thing close to the mask to tighten it up, how you can tuck in the mask to where it fits tightly on your face. How many of your friends or people in the store have you seen with their mask down around their neck or just covering their mouth and not their mouth and nose or that fits so loosely? Things like neck um, neck gaiters that come up above your face you know, are probably not good masks to wear. Uh, they are not that protective. Um, so I, I think masks do matter. I just make sure they fit well. Um, make sure that they um, have different material. Um, and if you can afford to find an N95 mask, I would even encourage you to wear that. All the CDC, because they're mostly for healthcare workers and there's still a shortage, they're not recommending that for the public. But if you have access to an N95 respirator mask, I think that's important. Dr. Dr. Brady, uh, that's great information. We're going to take a station break and we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Dr. Brady Allen. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, Dr. Brady Allen has given us a lesson that uh, we all must... uh, 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 heed and be aware because, uh, again, that it's going to take all of us in order to uh, defeat this pandemic. So we, we need everybody help. Uh, so uh, listen yeah, on this. Let me make one more point about masks in the sense that of all these variants, I didn't mention anything about the variants changing the size of the virus, right? The variants might change their susceptibility to the vaccine or might make you sicker. They may be more infectious, but they're not any bigger or smaller, so they can't get through a mask. So I don't care how many variants are out there. If you follow health protective guidelines, social distancing and mask wearing, you are not going to catch one of these variants. It's not like it's going to sneak through your mask if you're wearing it properly. So I wanted to make that point about how can we battle variants? We battle them by all of us getting vaccinated and by continuing to adhere to the public health guidelines that we should have been following for the last nine months. Uh, we got uh, a caller, Dr. Lester Freeman, calling in from Atlanta. How you how you doing, doctor? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, thank you. Uh, do you have a question for our guest? Yes. yes, I do. Uh, doctor, I have a... Uh, a pediatric practice, and my parents are are terrified as far as what the coronavirus will do. Uh, but you you address some of that. But do you have any um, websites that I can go to besides CDC, which plainly explains 
the mechanism of, of how the coronavirus vaccines are made so that I could be able to articulate it to my um, patients. Well, I think if you go to um, if you go to any of the pharmaceutical websites like Moderna or Pfizer or and put in Pfizer coronavirus vaccine or Johnson and Johnson coronavirus vaccine, there's some really good explanations. Or if you put in coronavirus vaccines, you can roll through uh, a lot of articles on just general articles on vaccines that help explain how these vaccines work. So you can find it online pretty easily and pretty readable. Uh, I mean, you're a physician, so you have some science background. But even for non-physicians, there's, I think, some reasonable explanations of how these vaccines work. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Hey, hey, Dr. Allen, uh, so uh, how do you suggest the physician and medical community address uh, the myths and concerns about uh, what what uh, a lot of patients have as it relates to COVID-19? Well, you know, I, I, again, I think each patient's going to be different, so you're going to have to address the individual patient's concerns and myths. Um, you know, um, people think COVID is uh, less deadly than the flu. Well, that's not true. You know, we lose twelve to 60,000 people a year with the flu. We've lost 500,000 people to COVID in a year. Uh, this virus was not manufactured in a Chinese lab. It's not a China virus. It's a coronavirus. It came from bats. It probably entered another animal and then got consumed by humans. HIV was in chimps and through bushmeat and people consuming bushmeat, HIV got into the human population. We have a lot of, we don't have to imagine a hoax or creation of a super bug. Uh, you know, some of these myths, you have to, you have to get into the science about them, you know. Uh, uh, you know, some people think these scientists are making money off vaccines. No, we're trying to save people's lives. These are not people making money off the vaccines. Um, hydroxychloroquine, for example, got pushed as an effective treatment and prevention for COVID-19. And no, it's not. We, uh, you know, we got the wrong message. So you've got to counteract all these messages with facts. We've got to restore science to its preeminent position in order to combat some of these fears and anxieties and conspiracies that really don't exist, you know, and that's going to take a concerted effort with leadership from the community, our, our president, our Congress, our scientists, everyone, you know, we've got to stop some of this uh, and it's going to take a consistent message and it's going to be different for different communities. You know, we need to talk to these people, find out what their fears and anxieties are and address them uh, as best we can. I think you answered this earlier, but maybe you can just reiterate because we're getting towards uh, the end. Uh, what can the physician community do to continue to respect people's autonomy yet enforce uh, some of the things you've been saying here today? Well, you know, you can't. Americans are Americans. You know, they're very, they have an independent streak. I think we've seen. The beauty of that and the danger of that, you know, they don't want to be told what to do. So, I don't know, I can turn blue in the face trying to get people to quarantine when they need to or stay home or wear their mask all the time. And, you know, some people are just not going to do it. And I don't, other than trying to get the data out truthfully and scientifically and keep repeating it uh, and and not to get too fussy with people that, you know, uh, I gently remind people if they don't have a mask on around me, could you put your mask on, please? I think a little politeness goes a long way in this uh, when you're confronting someone that's not following the guidelines, for example. Um, so I don't know, uh, Chuck, it's a really tough question. Uh, I, um, I struggle with it every day for people that are just reluctant and recalcitrant to uh to they 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 have their belief system and you're not going to be able to change that in a significant number of people unfortunately yeah yeah hey, hey dr brady what are some of the takeaways that we can learn from this pandemic well you know james i think that we've got to be better prepared for the next one you know we've got to celebrate our successes but critically examine our failures and put the um, 
put the, in the necessary precautions in place so we don't make the same mistake when the next pandemic comes, which it's going to happen. There's no question about it. Uh, I think we need to rediscover science as a reliable arbitrator and a guide to inform decision making. I think that we have to have international cooperation is mandatory to deal with global threats and i'm glad we joined rejoined the who and starting to work with them again because we all need to, to go to to do this together and, and i think we need to trust that americans when provided with the the credible leadership and the truth will make the right decisions that will get us through this disaster and ultimately make us a stronger nation Okay, uh, doc, Dr. Brady, how can our listening audience get in touch with you uh, if they need to uh, get more information as it relates to uh, COVID-19? I think the easiest way is just to uh, message me on Facebook uh, or uh, go through Uptown Positions Group in Dallas and leave a message and, and someone will contact me. Wow. You know, hey, Dr. Brady, I want to uh, thank you. you Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come on uh, uh, the James Cooley show to explain uh, uh, all this information to our listening audience because it's much needed. You know, so uh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. I want to thank my uh, guest co-host, Chuck Trenonia. You know, so thank you so much. I want to thank Michelle Cooley for being a guest contributor. Most importantly, I want to thank our listening audience for taking the time to tune in uh, for this uh, extremely important message because we all have to work together, like I said earlier. And so uh, but always keep in mind that we're looking for sponsors uh, so we can continue to uh, bring this great message to uh, our listening audience uh, and and to the world. You know, so um, we'll be back tomorrow with another great show. We got Howard Nash, uh, a friend of mine, film producer, director, movie guy. And so he's going to come and he's going to educate us on that. But uh, until tomorrow, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. Same time, same place. See you. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.